0: You know, you always think, what am I doing? Why did I do this? This is costly. <laughs> this is time consuming. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the output is more than the input in terms of finances. Of course, the return doesn't happen overnight. No, not at all. But you have to believe that you're on to something. And that I do.
1: This episode is going to surprise you. You just heard a little bit from Jennifer Graziano. I knew her story was out of the ordinary, but I'll be honest, I also wondered if it might be too heavy for bucket list careers. Totally the opposite. Jennifer and her story did nothing but lift me up. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie. This is an intriguing career path. Lawyer, fourth generation funeral home director, founder of a keepsake jewelry line radio talk show host, writer, and publisher of Coming of Age magazine. Oh, and she's a single mom since her only daughter was really young. Those titles that I mentioned are definitely not in order of importance to Jennifer. She tells me she's made her career pivots embracing this mantra. She told me, my daughter's eyes are always on me. And what am I going to show her? If you're a parent, you cannot operate in a vacuum. Many of us tell our kids they can do anything, they put their minds to be anything. I have. But do we live that truth? Jennifer shares how she formed her company called Wearable Memories with no experience in jewelry design and what her radio talk show aims to accomplish. Getting rid of stigmas to open up important conversations that even though they can be uncomfortable, lead to growth. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on Bucket List Careers.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's honestly amazing we have never met before this because we have so many connections in common and we both grew up in Lower Westchester County around the same time. I think you're a little younger than me. And we both were photographed by my good friend, Jillian. Yeah. Jillian McCallie, photography. going to throw that in there.
0: Amazing (laughs) photography.
1: And truth be told, your career journey from the family-run funeral home to a keepsake jewelry designer slash radio talk show host, tackling issues that are sensitive. You know, your journey and this area is probably the most unusual I've shared on the show. <laughs> I find it so intriguing. It's an emotional business that you're in, and it can't be the easiest, I would imagine, yet you're crushing it, and you've told me this is 100% your bucket list career.
0: Yes. You know, it's not work that you could check at the door at five o'clock. It comes home with you and it stays with you and sometimes too much. And, you know, I don't want to say that being a woman brings a certain emotional nature to it because I know my father and my brother are just as deeply affected by the same tragedies that will affect me. I think male or female, if you have a heart and your heart is in this, you're feeling everything a family's going through. And being fourth generation, I always said, it's work that chooses you, you don't choose. But I'm grateful now for the opportunity to take this work and take the premise of this work and now kind of grow it in other directions.
1: Well, you are obviously someone who's very good at discussing sensitive issues. You have that show and, you know, I've read articles about you, your whole demeanor. You're guiding people and coaching people. Was that something you were always, you know, an innate ability, always good at? And is that why you decided to go into this family business as the fourth generation?
0: Well, I've been told often that I like to hunt the elephants in the room, <laughs> so, um, but I think my personality is one, if something's uncomfortable and it needs to be discussed, you have to discuss it. I think that's separate. I think the business created that part of me. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone comfortable around people. I grew up wanting to be a talk show host. So I laugh and I say, well, I could cross that off my list now. (laughs) But I think it all stems from the fact that what I do is so historically stigmatized and taboo and no one talks about it. And they talk about it when it's too late. And then when crisis mode sets in, people aren't thinking clearly. When they're weighted down by their emotions, they're not making clear decisions. And on the other end of it, people aren't having their own wishes communicated there's such a struggle between the adult child and the aging parent. On one hand, you have that role reversal where the child thinks they're becoming the parent. Mm. On the other hand, you have the parent themselves who wants to fight for their autonomy and they want to fight for their voice to be heard. And I've kind of watched this struggle from the sideline for a long time. That's where the impetus came to start talking about this at large. So years ago, um, Fox 5 News interviewed me and they came to a senior center lecture where I was having this discussion and I'll never forget it. They aired it the night before Thanksgiving and I was frightened because you know, the clip, the teaser was talking about like this, having this uncomfortable family discussion at the dinner table. And I felt, I thought I just ruined everybody's Thanksgiving. It was terrible, (laughs) but it ended up being a great segment. And from there, actually that's where WVOX heard it and contacted me to perhaps do a show. So I think again, watching from the sidelines, this discomfort that existed between family members and knowing that once everyone had this discussion, everything was fine. We all have to walk through discomfort in life to get to the other side. And I'm a huge believer in that. So that's where the radio came from. That's where the lecturing came from. And even the magazine that I published, it all comes from taking something that's hard to talk about and make it approachable. You're
1: absolutely right. You're removing the taboo. And by the way, to refer back to that Fox 5 headline, you know, that's just a headline. That was an attention grabbing thing, but it worked. I'm really glad that we're able to talk in depth because this is something that needs a little bit more attention and a full conversation. So I'm really glad we're here doing this. Tell me about what brought you to the point where you wanted to create Remember, which is the name of your keepsake jewelry line, and why it's different because there are some other similar types of jewelry lines out there, but you were going for something more elegant. I believe that's what you told me when we spoke earlier. So talk about the origins of that and what you had to overcome to get it started.
0: So I'm a sentimental person. I mean, if you, I have a time capsule for my daughter where I it's swelled. Overflowed because I saved too much. I saved cards. Like I'm, I'm very sentimental. I do the same thing, by the way.
1: <laughs> I don't consider that hoarding. I consider that just knowing in 20 years I'm going to be so thrilled to have it. And so will she. It's nostalgic hoarding. It's
0: nice. Um, but I also believe that people need tangible comfort. So I, again, it goes back to your work doesn't leave you. Like you watch the pain people go through. It's raw, it's real. And you always wish there was something you could do to comfort them. So take that and then add to the fact that over the years, I've watched cremation rates rise. I mean, I started working with my dad when I was in middle school. And back then it was, everybody had this traditional wake that went on for two days and they went to church and they went to the cemetery and such is really not the case anymore. I mean, it's, it's done. It's just, you know, it's not always the number one option. So I saw cremation rising and I saw this market that was emerging for keepsake memorial jewelry. And I hated it. And <laughs> I love jewelry. There's um, a lot of jewelry background in my family as well. And I just said, I get the concept. I don't like what's out there. So they say necessity breeds invention. So my grandmother had passed about nine years ago now, and I inherited a ring from her. And I love the concept of bars and geometric and clean and neat lines. So I had the ring, the diamonds in the ring made into a bar. And that's actually where my idea spun. And then I had a kitschy name, remember? So I had an uncle who was in the jewelry business, the jewelry making business. He told me I was crazy. It wasn't possible. And wait, before you go on, why? What didn't he think was feasible? So it's interesting. And I would have never known this. A hollowed out rectangular bar is really not a thing. When you see jewelry, you see like a lot of like, you know, bar shape, rectangular shape. They're flat. They're one dimensional. But the concept of hollowing out a piece of gold to make it a vessel for something it's not common practice. And it really looked like it had to be something that was outsourced overseas. So I don't like hearing like, no, it's not possible. I'm like, cause if you tell me no, that's going to make me say, well, now I have to do it.
1: It has the opposite effect on you. You're like, oh, I'll show you.
0: <laughs> it did. So I had, um, so I had this concept in my mind for years. So I have one child and I'm just a firm believer that all eyes are watching and I'm not going to teach her that anything's possible. And if you have an idea, make a go of it. If I don't do it myself. And it honestly came from looking at her one day and she comes to work with me a lot. She's intrigued by what I do. And I said, you know what? I have to make this happen. And I owe it to her. And I owe it to her to show her that if there's an idea in your head only you're going to make it a reality. So I created a company, Wearable Memories. I reached out through kind of like an acquaintance that I just knew from growing up who was in fact designing fashion jewelry, beautiful fashion jewelry. And I'll I'll give her a shout out. Riri uh, Petrillo, Riri Corcoran. Stop
1: it. I have spoken to her about coming on to the show because she's also a person who has pivoted. She's also someone who didn't start out doing this. No, not at all. Okay. Now, Riri, you have to come on the show.
0: I'm going to, I will help plug her for you. I will send her a text too to let her know how grateful. <laughs> but I I loved her social media and I saw that she was in jewelry and I went out on such a limb. Like we have mutual friends, um kind of the same thing like you and me, like grew up in the same circles. Yeah. So I sent an Instagram message and I said, I don't know if you remember me, but you're doing amazing things. And I have an idea that's very specific to my industry, to my business. And I'm wondering if you can connect me. And she did. So she connected me to the designer that I'm working with. He worked for David, Yurman and Tiffany. And I'm telling you, he must have been blown away because he probably never got a sketch on a post-it note in color pencil before. <laughs> I'd like to think he never got that. And my, my daughter's art supply kit was like instrumental. And I had this <laughs> idea in my head, but I can't draw. So this was a challenge, but he got it. So we started meeting in the city regularly. He made the molds. And again, it was always my concept, the bar and a birthstone of the person who passed away. But then from there, it grew. We said, you know, why just cremated remains? Why not a lock of hair or a drop of perfume?
1: People are maybe more comfortable with that, right? Because you want to customize this. I'm certain there are people that don't necessarily go for the idea of ashes, right? So you're giving them options. And I think that's very smart.
0: I have to say, I've probably sold just as many to people who had a traditional wake funeral burial and a lock of hair. Huh. And then from there, there's other parts of the line, like the story bar, the pep bar. So from there, it grew. This is not even a full two years old yet you know, you always think, what am I doing? Why did I do this? This is costly. (laughs) This is time consuming. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the output is more than the input in terms of finances. Of course, the return doesn't happen overnight. No, not at all. But you have to believe that you're onto something and that I do.
1: And you are doing this also to help people. Are there any stories, specific individuals or families where you felt, wow, this is super rewarding?
0: So that's the ultimate goal. I mean, at the end of the day, the greatest reward is knowing you've given a tangible comfort. People will walk and they will touch it and they'll hold it. And everybody who opens the box and sees the piece has this instant comfort. I mean, on one hand, when I'm meeting with families, making a funeral arrangement, it's very heavy. It's very sad. You can kind of see the immediate comfort when they're designing their piece. It's, it's maybe a little lighthearted distraction, but it's, they're... They're so passionate about it because they want to carry the person with them. You know, my tagline is love lives on. And I honestly believe that. And maybe the reminder of the physical reminder to see that is what's going to help carry people through. But when I watch people come in to pick up their jewelry and open the box, you know, you see the tears. It's palpable. It's real. When I went through it myself a couple of months ago. I connected an entirely different way. I mean, my mom was instrumental in helping me start this because she loved the idea. She would try on like bracelets and pieces for me. She'd give her honest opinion. So when it came time to make my piece for her, I mean, I never thought I would be doing that,
1: but... And I'm sorry again for your loss. This was a couple months ago. She battled cancer.
0: Yes. So I I get it in a whole new way. So there's so many times during the day where I'll just do this, you know, and they're customizable. There's a message, you know, mine says always with Mima, And people put dates on it. People put inscriptions. I made one for my daughter and I put my mom was Mimsy and she called her squirrel and that's on the bar. So it's a comfort. Absolutely. And you also created a piece in her memory that
1: is going to a good cause. So speak to that a little bit. I mean, it's just a really wonderful way to honor her legacy and also do the best you can with something that is so tough for you, of course. Swim across America, I believe is the recipient, correct?
0: Yes. So, my mom passed from cancer suddenly, but my mother was always helping people. Mm-hmm. So, you have to try to channel your grief and it's very hard to be in a funeral home every day watching this and repeating it every day so i'm sure so i was losing my mind so i said let me just channel this into a positive way and my mom was always looking to donate to help to volunteer that she was passionate about that she lost a lot of people to cancer so i thought of a sunrise because the meaning behind sunrise is the sun always rises again tomorrow there's always another day. You start over. It's about hope. It's about renewal. It's about life will go on. Even in the darkest of nights, the sun will rise. It's that famous Victor Hugo quote, which I absolutely believe in. I love that. And I remembered the sunrise the morning of when she passed and it stuck with me for some reason. And also her birthstone is October. So I used a fire opal. My birthstone is diamond. So it's a combination and it's a very delicate piece. I mean, I'm wearing it. You really have to see it.
1: And of course, people who are listening can't see it, but we'll describe it.
0: It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sunrise. If you go on the website, um, you'll be able to see everything. So anyway, I wanted to find a a charity that was going towards its intended purpose. And Swim Across America, the proceeds go directly into cancer research. They're actively working with different groups on funding things for early detection and cures. And it's a local charity. I know families that have been impacted by it and that are instrumental in running it as well. Yes. So I chose that. So a portion of proceeds from every Sunrise Sale will go to Swim Across America.
1: That's amazing, Jennifer. You mentioned your daughter. You are a single mom. Yeah. And I'm sure she's incredibly proud of what you've built. So what I'd like to do is give advice to our listeners. And what kind of takeaways would you give to single parents specifically who are trying to find their purpose? trying to remove the roadblocks to achieving their bucket list career, ideally. What can you give to them that relates to your story?
0: You know, I think this is a hard geographic area to be a single mom in because it's just not the norm here. But, you know, even like this is the picket fence, you know, 2.3 children, the dog, like that's kind of Westchester. And I love it, by the way. Like I embrace that. I grew up like that.
1: Me too. I love it here too. I loved it so much. I, I still live here. I moved away and came back.
0: Exactly. And, you know, there was no other choice for me where to raise her. I mean, this was, this was home and she, you know, she's going to the same school I did, you know, she's growing up at the club, like it's a great life. But my advice is, first of all, just be you. And people, I think in the beginning, it was so hard for me to be like, oh my God, how can I be a single mom with a child? Your life is fine. You can do everything that the traditional family does with your child. You need to remove that stigma first and foremost, because you're not going to accomplish anything if you're weighted down with your head hanging in shame that, you know, you're raising a child alone. And I had a unique situation. I raised her alone, alone. I was married for a brief period of time and we, we just did our thing. It was all about there's no excuses. Don't feel sorry for us. Life is great. I had an amazing, I have an amazingly supportive family. I mean, my mom and dad stepped up and took such an extra role. I have a great brother. So remove the stigmas, remove the barriers. Everything is still possible for you. You do owe it to your child to show them that life is going to be okay. They need you to show them that. Yeah. My yeah. daughter didn't grow up knowing life any other way. So everything that I felt, they were my worries. They were not hers. I can't pass my worries along to her. All I can do is show her is you get dealt kind of a crazy deck of cards. You play it and you keep going. And our story worked out great. I mean... I'll be getting married soon. I found a great man. He oh, master, So life came full circle. That's exciting. exciting. Uh, yeah, no, life is good. But you did something. You did something
1: on your own. You became an entrepreneur. Yes. I think that's hard for anybody, whether you're supported by a partner or not. So it's inspiring, of course. And people want to learn from that. I mean, I hear a lot of take the leap, don't be afraid, and that there will be a net and it will appear. What do you think, if you had to boil it down, I know it's so hard to actually just think of like one thing that you think... This is my biggest piece of advice, but can you think of anything that you would say? This really did it for me.
0: I think when you put it in your head that you have no choice except to just go forward. That's it. You just have to do it. I mean, not to bite off Nike, but you know, you just do it. like you have you have no choice. Like it wasn't a choice for me. Like failure is not an option, and. I need to be me in order to take care of her. And I need to be me in order to be me. And I, I think finding who you are, which I didn't really find until my later 30s, circling 40.
1: And when you say who you are, you mean like your purpose. You know, you feel that you found your purpose now.
0: Your purpose and what you are you know, that's what also what attracts good people into your life, but you have no excuses. That's my advice. You have to do it. It's hard, but what's the alternative? Like you can't make excuses and you can't show your children that there are an excuse. You can't expect them to do all the things you tell them to do if you're not doing it yourself. So no excuses and just do what has to be done. And honestly, so many things are possible. I mean, even I get bogged down and like you complain sometimes, like this is so hard. Once you get past that, just do what's got to get done get it done. And it's not profound advice, but it's just, I find that it works for me.
1: I think it's real advice and it's something we can all apply. So thank you so much for being on the show. Before we go, I want to talk about your radio show. So where can people find you, especially if they're not in the area of WVOX? I know it's called Time to Talk.
0: Yes, time to talk. So it airs live Mondays at 9am. So it is on 1460 VOX, but it's on Facebook Live as well. So most people do watch it from there. And important topics, sensitive discussions that everybody needs to have. I bring on elder law attorneys, healthcare experts. We have some spiritual discussion. We've had some authors come on it's a light I mean it believe it or not heavy subject but lighthearted, and it's just a half an hour show that I am so passionate about doing it's going on six years now
1: yeah I actually heard one with an evidential medium I thought that was so interesting so everybody
0: loves that
1: I mean every time she comes on yeah you said you had had her a few times you definitely pulled me in with that one so no she's great I'm definitely a fan of the show Jennifer, thank you so much again for being on Bucket List Careers and it was awesome to meet you and I wish you
0: the best of luck. I'll see you around town. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for being with me here on the show. My website is a bit of a mouthful, but it's easy to remember. It's bucketlistcareerspodcast.com. The episodes are there, but I'll be adding some videos from time to time in addition to updating blogs. So check it out, rate and review the show. Remember, if you want to chat with me between episodes, you can DM me at Bucket List Careers on Instagram or Facebook. I'm there too. I'd love to connect with you and hear your feedback. Or if you have someone who'd be a great guest, let me know. And if you haven't already, I'd love it if you would subscribe. Join me next time right here on Bucket List Careers.
0: An ironic media production. Visit us at dot